Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, before Alyssa gets started with her interview, I wanted to pop in and say there are parts in the interview where it's hard to hear what Lissa's saying, but I want you to hang in there, especially if you're interested in learning more about OCD. Her obsessive compulsive disorder is a little bit different than what you would think for the average, and she shares some nuggets of wisdom about how obsessive compulsive disorder can be different for everybody, which of course is for any mental health disorder, but um, especially interesting on obsessive compulsive thoughts. All right, well, here's the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Lissa. Lissa, or Blue, is a 34-year-old born and raised in Virginia who now resides in Florida with her husband, Ben, and cat, Nambo. So we're in Florida-ish. We're a little bit north of the Tampa Bay area, so we're on the west coast of Florida, so we're on the Bay Area. We're actually um, really close to the beach, like enviably close, and I hate the beach, so. Okay, my dad lives in Mulberry. I might know where it is. Yeah. Like, I'm not super It's familiar. about an hour east of Tampa and an hour south of Orlando. So it's Okay, so it would be like maybe a little above Brandon, this place? Yes, yes, it's right near Brandon. Yep. Okay, yeah, I used to go there. Actually, I've been going there for uh, nine years to Brandon for a payment. So. Oh, how cool. Yeah, that's Bye. why I always ask people where in Florida they live. Yeah. All right. She is a professional fusion dancer and artist and also has a YouTube channel that I'm linking up in the show notes so you guys can check her out. Um, I was list- I was watching a part of a video this morning oh. when I was linking up. I was like, that is so cool. Um, most notably, she was in the third movie of Triptych, The Journey Through Cancer by Jennifer Faust. She loves using her art and artistry to help others. Aside from dance, she's also a digital media artist, avid crocheter, and animal lover. Well, thank you, Lisa, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's nice to almost see each other like in person because we've been connecting on social media for a while. Um, yeah. So Alyssa, I'd love to have you start us off with telling us a little bit about your mental health disorder. What What is it and what does that mean? What kind of symptoms do you show? Because everybody's different. Yeah, so that's actually a, kind of a, of a unique thing. Um, so I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, my official diagnosis is quite long. Um, it's a uh, onset age two. Uh, I would say hoarding OCD, but I don't want to use the word hoarding right now. Right, right now in the conversation, in the sense that um, I'll get on my soapbox about that later. <laughs> obsessive compulsive disorder is a neuro condition, neurological condition, um, that is actually in the same family uh, of neurodiversity as ADHD, autism, and I believe schizophrenia. Uh, it's basically a wiring of the brain that um, makes you worry. <laughs> it sounds very simplistic that way. And when most people say OCD or fear OCD, they have a very clear picture of what they think that means. 
a lot of it would be like some of the guests, like that people work. Um, hand washing, cleaning, neat, tidy, and then especially if you hear the word hoarding, then you get a completely different picture. So what it's like for me actually is almost completely invisible to the naked eye. If you had met me and we were out with say our our, our husbands, there, so you know, we were we were connected for a different reason. We were out to eat somewhere. May I say fast food or just something that has a wrapper. The only thing you might notice is that I like to fold up wrappers and stuff. So here's the things that are happening that people don't notice. My mind never stops. Um, so uh, as I actually, as a brief uh, moment ago, um, I'm actually technically in what would be considered a crisis state. I mean, in an alarmist way, just in that um, with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, it's one of those where you're either in crisis or recovery, uh, kind of like um, remission, like yep. it is forever, it is always, <clears throat> it is different degrees for different people. Um, but and, and there's even different kinds of OCD. There's like um, OCPD and like, there's so many different ones. But the core is that your mind tells you that something's wrong. But it not, won't necessarily tell you what. And it gives a lot of what if scenarios. So, um, so how my mind works, how my day works. Like, if I'm in a remission state, if I'm in a, a normal, I quote unquote, if I'm in a place like that, it would be um, like, oh, a, pop, a thought would just pop in my head. Like, when I'm walking by the staircase, you're going to fall down the stairs. Just instantly. And I get a thought and a visual. And my mind plays this visual of me slipping and falling down the stairs in real time and if there's a dissociative state present, I could for a moment feel as if it's happening. And it would become frightening. You would try and stop yourself. So if you think of that just from a purely mental complex, your mind just told you you're about to fall down the stairs. So what happens? A huge adrenaline release happens. So you can have a panic attack. You can and it also just come out of nowhere. And so the natural reaction is to be like, I'm not going to fall down the stairs. I'm just walking past them. I'm not even near them. There's nothing wrong. And it's like, but what if you're wrong? That's <sighs> but what if? What if and are you sure are the bane of existence for people with a self-control disorder? Because that's what happens. Everybody gets intrusive thought. Everybody does. Intrusive thought is just like me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to be cut for a second because I got to turn my phone on vibrate. <laughs> okay, so an intrusive thought. An intrusive thought, everybody gets intrusive thoughts. They're just the weird things like you're driving down the road and it's like, turn the car wheel off the bridge. And it happens for a second and you're like, whoa, that's weird. And you go on with your day. The critical thinking error that happens in the mind of someone with obsessive compulsive disorder is that what if are you sure? Like, Oh, you know, your brain, turn, turn the wheel of the car. Oh, I would never do that. Are you sure? Well, now I'm not sure. Um, I have actually been doing some research uh, into this and better ways to explain it because it's so difficult to explain. Right. There's such a huge misconception about what it means. And it's different for everybody, too. Yes, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. The core that anyone who has obsessive compulsive disorder is, is not what people identify it with. People identify obsessive compulsive disorder with the compulsion. The compulsions have really not, the compulsions are a reliever of, of this thing. Like some, it is, you have to flick this light switch 600 times exactly, or your mom will die. And the question is like, I, I can't, I can't flick this light switch 600 times. Like I, I have to go to work. I have to go to school or whatever. And it's like, but what if she does die and you could have clicked that light switch 600 times? And the difference in, then you get the critical thinking, or the thinking errors that are because of the wiring of the brain. Um, it won't be able, it, it won't go away. That unsurety, that worry, um, keeps you there because it's, it's so real and the mind creates so much vivid, um, imagery and like, <laughs> It's really funny, like, it is really funny, like, um, this time in my life, where I am right now, with what I'm experiencing, my whole body feels wrong. So, my mind is going nuts. It's like, there's something wrong, and I'm like, yes, I know there's <laughs> We know exactly what's wrong. We're going to fix it. And it's like, I know, but, so it's like, okay, then it'll change things. And like since this is a women's channel, I will uh, share a personal OCD experience here. But you did ask me a question, and I've answered it sixteen different ways. So <laughs> hopefully, one of these will actually be cohesive. For example, what is my OCD like? Um, I'll get my period. My brain will say, "Your period's wrong. What's wrong with it? Everything." What do you mean everything? So this is me talking to myself in my head, not right. out, not out loud, hopefully. <laughs> What do you mean what's wrong with it? The color is wrong. That's wrong. What's that? What is that? So you have that dialogue going on and you feel the wrongness in your own body. And you're just like, how do, I can't, I can't flip a light switch or wash my hands or fold something or go through ticks or anything to fix a wrongness within myself. Right. So like, that's very difficult for me. So I actually don't have many, I would say, active compulsions because a lot, it's all, uh, I think what um, people are starting to categorize uh, the mental as pure O, pure obsessive, pure obsessive, where it's just in the mind and not externally. But labels, 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 labels. Right. They're, they're good and they're bad, you know? Like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's, it's so good, but like, we need, we need to change the language. We need to change the language of assessment compulsive disorder because if I hear one more person say they're so OCD about folding sheets, I will scream. Because I don't sleep. Um, I have intrusive thoughts in my dream. I'll be just going along dreaming, like having a nice, you know, dream. And all of a sudden, something will come, and it feels like getting hit by a car. It's light, sound, and noise in your mind. You wake up. Your body thinks there's a bear in the room. You have a mega ton of adrenaline. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. So that's my day every single day currently. And it's hard. It is, it is indescribably hard. Like, um, 
I use a lot of uh, analogies. I use a lot of contextual speaking to try and convey to my husband and my mom and my, my stepdad and my friends like, to, to communicate. And I will say the same thing over and over in 75 different ways until someone says, I hear you, I understand. That's a compulsion. My mind is saying, they can't hear that you're saying you're sick. They can't, they don't know that you're in danger. You're throwing them in danger and they're not, they're not acknowledging they're in danger. Until they say, they see you, they're safe, it will not stop. And I know it's not real. I know it's not real. That's the tough part. Like, it'll come up with all sorts of things. There's bugs in your drink. Your breakfast has turned into vomit. Like, the things in your mouth all of a sudden taste different. It's not real. But could you imagine, like, every single thing you do, having to, it'd be like someone walking behind you. Like, you have children? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I have four children. Okay. So um, imagine having one or all of them, actually, all of them, the whole of them, walking behind you and commenting on every single thing. No. Everything. No, that's a hard no. Constantly. That's what it's like. That's why I have a cat, you know? <laughs> that's, that's cool, you know? That's what it's like. And it's daunting. And it's like, how do you explain that? Like, you say, I have a sense of emotions. They're like, oh, you know, whatever. Put your legs, let's wash your hands, get out with your day. Right. Oh, it doesn't work like that. And so the, the goal is to get into recovery, which uh, can be achieved in but I'm going to stop talking for a minute and let you go ahead and talk for a minute. Oh no, you're fine. I loved it. I love, and it is hard to explain. So I also agree with you that words need to, the language needs to change like bipolar. People think that when I say that, that means I'm just going to lose my shit all of a sudden. I had That's, a bipolar diagnosis. Uh, yeah. Actually, um, I totally understand and totally agree. Yeah. And I mean, Yours was the wrong diagnosis, so the mood stabilizers didn't work, but they've worked for me. And what people, I try to explain to people, I'm type two, so I don't go into like full-blown manias. Um, and I try to explain people what it's like, and it's really hard. And they, then they'll be to me, they'll say, well, well, why don't you just not do those behaviors? I'm like, I have no control over it. Like, yes. I can't just tell, I can tell myself, while I'm spending the money I shouldn't spend, you should not buy that thing. Yep. I'm going to do it anyways because yeah. it's, there's this, I don't, mine's not yeah. so much a voice, but there's this compulsion inside yep. my head. That's like, do okay. it. It's do it. Yes. But, and and I have, uh, yes. And I get very irrational and I, that was, that's without the mood stabilizer. So it's hard to explain. And what people need to realize obsessive compulsive disorder can be thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it can be actions. It could be, yeah. and it can be both. Like, Correct. It can be all sorts of things. Some of the um, different types, um, there's a uh, scrupulosity type of OCD where uh, the person, um, their, all of their thought processes and compulsions are towards uh, spirituality. They feel oh. um, like if they don't, if they have this thought, then it's say, sinful, and they have to go immediately and confess. Or etc. Um, there's some that are uh, heterohomophobia, uh, heterohomophobia. Uh, there's so many names. Like when I when I went into crisis this time, it happened in April. So I've been in this state since April. Um, it felt like one long day. I have no idea what day it is or what time it is. 
It's just one of the times that I'm awake in between the times that I'm not, which is yeah. random. So um, there are some where like a, a person would question their, their sexuality or sexual identity in an obsessive compulsive way and know they are whatever they are, but their mind keeps Oh, there, then there's, uh, there's some that go into a lot of very disturbing sexual imagery. Um, it's so funny because as I'm learning more and more about it, it's like, okay, I was not diagnosed officially until I was 21. Right. I started going into therapy when I was 12. Um, I was displaying, uh, behaviors from a very early age, but I also learned how to blend in and to whatever. And that, that's a whole conversation of like women learning how to hide. Like I'm, I'm reading this amazing book uh, about um, neurodiversity uh, actually. Um, and it talks about why there's not as, it's a, it's a autism and, and different types of neurodiversity. But it talks about why there weren't as many female patients in the original studies to understand what autism was. And it was because women learn how to hide it better because we have to act a certain way. Right. So, you know, and then I, something else about OCD that uh, not many people know. People would, my doctors kept telling me this, and it actually took me a long time to get it, and it was so funny. We're almost completely literalist sometimes. Everything yeah. is black or white. It is either yes or no. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a definitive. And my doctors were like, oh, you're so black and white. You're so yes or no. And I'm like, oh, no, I have gray areas, and I'll see. And I started to see as I grow up, like, grow up, I say, in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my 30s, too. So yeah, I, I say, when I talk about becoming a psychologist, I'm like, when I, what I want to do when I grow up. And people are like, when you grow up? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting, like, when I do see it, when I can see my own illness, which is <laughs> one of my obsessions is to be aware of my obsessions. <laughs> right. So I don't have very many outside of myself tics or compulsions because I'm always aware of exactly what my body is doing, which is, like, how you know, how we are even here to going into the second brain surgery because I immediately knew something wasn't right. And like the type of thing that I have there, you know, most people don't find it. You know, most people is actually fast. So that's that's different. Um so yeah, it's uh it's it's a thing, you know with, uh, oh, hiding you growing up. So um yeah, I had to rewind. I forgot where we were. Okay, so <laughs> so I can track, I can look back in my mind and say, okay, there it is. You can see the trail. You can mm-hmm. see the trail of OCD. You can see it getting worse. You can see how I used to cope with it. And none of those coping methods were terribly good. A lot of it was internalized in my mind. Like, you know, I, uh, I, I laugh. Like, I always, you know, uh, oh, something else. Very important. Guilt. That is something else that is very front and center. Like, what if, are you sure? Yes. Like, we are born guilty. People with a compulsive disorder feel guilty. Like, ran over your best friend's cat in front of them and their child guilty. Like, I can't even describe guilty. So we 
compulsively, usually, I don't want to say it's like a collective group, but every post I see on, on like all these different places I'm looking for, for information and talking to other people with obsessive compulsive disorder, it is the biggest group of yachts. Like, you, you want a hype train? You can, like, pouring of kindness because we feel so burdened by guilt. We want to do as much good as possible. Like, there is a uh, amazing spoken word artist that I am just crazy about right now. Who does, again, I mentioned earlier, talk about um, obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm going to pull up her name real quick um, so I can share that. She did a TED talk about it, and it is amazingly good and amazingly informative. And she actually does have external um, compulsions that, that have happened in her life. Um, and she does this really cool, like, slam poetry mixed with, with like, word pieces. And it's, it's amazingly beautiful. And it's another person that's transforming their, their, their whole thing is called, uh, pain into art. Transforming pain and transmuting pain into art. Um, her name is, uh, Tiffany. Um, oh, of course it's F. I'll pull that up. I'll <laughs> just give you this. And it's like, uh, uh, Tiffany something or other. But, um, yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. Sorry. Um, so I was going to mention something. I read a book on OCD, yeah. and he had the sexual and the sexual thoughts and the and death thoughts. So about killing other people and killing himself. Not that he ever acted on it, but it was like these com- this compulsive oh, yeah. thoughts. And he thought he did not. When he first got diagnosed with OCD, there he was like, "That's not even right. I don't. I'm not." He OCD, thought the same yeah. thing. You know, I'm not touching a bunch of stuff. I'm not having to flick on and off lights. He didn't realize it's because his thoughts were so intrusive and they never stopped. So he he would be woken up in the middle of the night with these thoughts. He would have them all the time. Walking to class, he would, you know, even though, and he kept thinking, "The what if? Like, what if I act on these compulsions? Like." Not like what if, like as in what would the consequences would be, but like he would think I would never do that, and then his brain would go, "Well, what if you did? Are yeah. you sure? Yeah, are you sure like, you would never do that? Yeah, because like if because you hear all this stuff, like if it's there, like you hear things about you know uh, abuse begets abuse, like if you grow up like whatever, it's like you know what if you're in an in, in a, uh, uninhibited state. And the, the, the deeper super ego forces come out and you are in a compulsive state. And like, yeah, it's terrifying. Like, I, I have, um, I was living in one of my compulsory, such as compulsive delusions for the entirety of last year. And I did not realize that that one took past my sense. Um, I was convinced that my doctors were trying to kill me. Um, there was a change on July 1st of last year concerning certain medications. Um, I have ridiculous allergies. Like, I am allergic to over 50 different categories of medications. So, no antipsychotics, no mood stabilizers, no SSRIs, no hormones, nothing. Like, I have valid and you know, tops and pears here, you know, <laughs> like, that's what I have, like, that's my joke for tops and pears, like, I have a picture of tater tops and pears that I uh, saw from a friend of mine thing, and that just cracked me up, like, so, um, it's a lot of self-awareness and a lot of, uh, keeping track of things and, and alternative sources of therapy, um, so, 
there was a new law in, in uh, that was the July 31st, and um, I am still on pain management because of some nerve damage from the first surgery that I'm being allergic to all the non uh, to, to like Lyrica or nerve medicine. So all my doctors were covering their asses, and I'm like, but I'm getting ready. Oh, I had broken my foot. That's what it was. I was going to see these doctors with a broken foot, and they're like, yeah, you need to get off like half the medicine you're on. And I'm like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> you know, because every time I come off of more of the medicine, I'm less tranquilized, which means the OCD ratchets up. Because it is at its roots an anxiety disorder. I mean, if you're obviously, if you're always asking what if or hearing what if, then you're going to be anxious. Like, you're going to be freaked out all the time. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought that I was going to die. I was 100% certain that the, the, the bell was tolling, the reaper was coming, and there was nothing I could do about it. I just had to make my peace, say my goodbyes, and it got really bad because, like, Ben was noticing, like, I would just be crying, just giving him a hug because I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I don't want to leave. You know, I was so right. I have been fighting to stay here because my mind keeps telling me that I can't. And it's like, but why? And it won't give me a reason. So, you know, it's the 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 intrusive thoughts concerning like some of the the, the death stuff, either your own self that like, you know, the reaper's at the door or that you're gonna hurt somebody. Um, I get a lot of violent imagery um, sometimes concerning like lashing out against uh, animals and that terrified me. Like I, I spent most of my life working with animals and right. I wouldn't hurt a fly. Like, oh my gosh, like that terrifies me that, that I'm just gonna like whatever and it's like that's not gonna happen. It's not real. You know, that's not real. It doesn't it's not real. But like that that wonder you know that that uncertainty and like most of uh most of the therapies for it involve uh dealing you know it's just living with uncertainty and learning how to, to exist in, in yeah, yeah i th i think the guy um his therapist had him go and not not so much act on his urges but get uncomfortable with things that were like kind of his urges but not quite like so he had to sit in a coffee shop looking at erotic graphic novels um because okay. yeah because one of his urges was like one of his obsessive thoughts were sexual mm. and so she would get him to get um uncomfortable by sitting in a coffee shop reading a graphic novel something like that to where or she'd let him sit there with his thoughts and she was like don't because he would numb he would do like what you were saying um, yeah he had um unhealthy coping skills um so he would numb it out with drugs or alcohol or sex um which didn't really help his sexual obsessive thoughts anymore. yeah and i mean it can be like that like but it's so odd that like sometimes how the compulsions are related to the obsession are so ambiguous like you know it's, it's so it's so strangely odd in that way absolutely and uh that sounds like it's the uh um uh acronyms uh cdp cognitive behavioral therapy and then there's like that ERBC like it those are responds, I mean, it's, it's, okay. 
essentially you sit and you become uncomfortable with it. I can never remember the acronyms because um, I also have a lot of other stuff as part of my diagnosis, which I'm just leaving out because like, that's then we that. get into the weeds and become super complicated. Exactly. Like I have a constellation diagnosis and some is from my own pathology of, of like what I was born with, which is COCD. And some is, is life related, like the PTSD. So, you know, lots of acronyms. Um, yes. but, lots of yeah, acronyms. So most of the therapies that I've done throughout my life to deal with this um, are cognitive Behavioral but, therapy. But cognitive behavioral, like talking, a lot of working it out that way. But um, it's become very, very large. Okay, listen, since I moved to Florida and got with the team and is now like a really good uh, team of doctors and my therapist is amazing, um, is art. She wants me to dance, draw, write. Art therapy. Like, yes, all art therapy because like, from the dissociative state, which I have a, an interesting little metaphor about dissociative state when we get to that point. Um, oh, we, quick note for anybody listening in the like dissociative state, this is not the same thing as dissociative identity disorder. Let's put that out there correct, because some correct. people hear dissociative and they think it's that's what you're talking about. So yes, I just want to put that out there. That is very correct. I actually, uh, my doctor works with people with DID. I want to. I will be doing, I'm going to send you something. I actually just did a dance performance piece that is about disassociation and uh, it's going to be for a DID uh, thing. If, uh, can you show? That's so cool. I need to be having the surgery uh, sooner than we thought. So it's in October, but either way, like it is a piece that I'm going to continue to cultivate, but I do have the first draft of it and it's, it came out really cool, and I'm very happy with it. But um, yes, yeah. so also PTSD disassociation is completely different from OCD disassociation, which is different than dissociative identity disorder. Right. All of them, and even bipolar can have dissociation. I do. Right. So, like, say for yeah. example, a PTSD dissociation. So, if I have an issue like PTSD, or I can feel it coming on, or something, it's like I set. I set those feelings aside. Right. And I acknowledge that I'm setting them aside and I usually pay for it later because we always, you know, you can borrow, but you got to pay back. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to feel them intense later, but like if I'm out in public and I'm having a whatever, then my brain's like, all right, you should go ahead and put this down a little box and go ahead and save that for later. We'll have some leftovers. Then I can have my nervous breakdown when I get home. Oh, obsessive compulsive dissociation. That was, I was not prepared for that. I thought I knew what dissociation was, but I did not. Dissociation in the way that I've been experiencing it, I've been researching it in uh, other uh, other types of illness as um, DID, uh, OCD, bipolar. Um, those are the main ones, but I think it, could, it can be in other ones as well. So you would just imagine yourself inside of a cardboard box, and you're just you're inside of a box, and there's two little eye holes. And you take that box and you put it inside a meat puppet. A what? <laughs> or a stuffed animal. And you put okay. it inside, so you're in the box. Oh, you said a popple. I love popples. And put them into a popple. 
Yeah. Yes. Most people may not know what a popple is. I, I had a popple. I had a popple too. <laughs> and everybody has to Google popple now. Yes. Google popples. I think they're coming back. I did <gasps> check it out. Like I will want one if they come back. I love popples, man. This is amazing. Me too. So yeah, so you're in a popple and then all of a sudden you it's this little like loud speaker comes down and says, Make it walk. And you're like, how? You have no connection to this thing. You're in a box inside a popple and you're inside you. And you're like, with what? And then you get a bunch of rudimentary lovers and police with no instructions or handles. And it's like, now go to the grocery store. <laughs> and you're like, the where? The what? What planet am I on? Who are you? Right. Where, you know, and it's like, so when I'm, my so when I'm working with my teachers, uh, my teacher in um, his class, it feels like trying to operate a giant mechanical robot from inside a little box in my head. Like, so she's giving me these amazingly wonderful movements, and I'm like trying to figure out how to make the puppet move. So I started clicking my tongue so that I would have a sound to associate a movement. Now, halfway through the movements, you know, I'd be going through and like, you know, uh, doing say, we were actually doing like arm raise. And when I start to get this like really like crazy brain bending pattern, my brain would be like, you're doing it wrong. And I'd stop. And she's like, oh, no, no, you were totally getting it. So it's like, and, and, uh, oh, something else is very important about OCD. It takes the things you love the most and makes them scary. Turns them against you. Oh, yeah. Yes. It makes them, it turns it into all sorts of things. Like, my mind has convinced me that, that Ben has is, is got, like, 75 different mistresses and has, like, got a whole of it, whatever. And that's not me. I'm agoraphobic. I don't really leave the house much anymore, especially with the, in this crisis state. So, like, he and I both really don't leave. We both work from home. And um, so it's like, how's he, how's he going to get there? Where's he going to go? Like, what is he doing? Like, he's working. Like, you know. You know, his, his idea, his bachelor party was like Minecraft, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, My husband too, yeah. He's not, he's not looking to go out and like find him some, some side tail or whatever. Like that is not, he, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm picturing him like he'd be laughing a lot right now. <laughs> you say that. Um, yeah, I think anyone that hears this would probably crack up thinking about Ben possibly ever doing anything like that. That's just so completely not. Yeah. That's the same about my husband. People yeah. just be like, I've said it before. I've said like, what if Jeremy, I've always thought about like, what if Jeremy cheats on me? What would I do? Let, would I stay with him? Would we go get therapy? Like, what would we do? And everybody's like, if Jeremy cheated yeah. on you, I would have a heart attack. I'd be shocked that he would even do that. Like, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's the perfect example of an intrusive thought. Like, you get someone from the outside to help you quell it because even though you know with certainty there's that 1% chance, and I believe the person I mentioned, uh, she said that the whole brain, if there is a 99% chance that everything will be okay and a 1% chance that it won't, the brain will go to that 1% until it's zero. Everything has to be certain, and that is impossible. We live in an uncertain world. Like, it's about balance. Like, that's been a, a very, very big lesson that I've uh, integrated into my management of this uh, illness disorder sort of illness and it's 
it's both wiring. We're good. It is both. It is both. Yeah, because it can develop from trauma states or different types of states as well as the in, inborn uh, genetic. Oh, you got something earlier concerning OCD, um, and I don't remember what it was, but um, it was <laughs> it was a connection. Uh, my grandmother had had the same kind of OCD that I did. She helped, she and my, my whole, my mom's side of the family is very close and like they kind of all raised me as a tribe. And um, so she was a family and she uh, was able to do amazing things. And like she was very much like the golden rule, like treat, treat people with kindness, you know, et cetera. And like she, she showed me how to navigate that world, even though I didn't understand what these instructions were. That she was giving me and like you know my mom you know she did say a long time ago that um she unfortunately passed away from breast cancer which is why uh who one of the two people that i was dancing for in the triptych movie um with my grandmother uh, and another friend shelly who uh, unfortunately lost her lost her fight with breast cancer so two breast cancer victims there and that uh blood cancer um just gonna throw that in there. Uh, so yeah, like growing up with um, a family member that has the same thing, that definitely made a difference. And like I believe if she was able to have stayed with us longer, then her and I could have helped each other a lot because right. You know, it, it's very interesting. And like you know, other members of my family, uncles and aunts, you know, they have different anxiety things and varying degrees. And I don't know what their specific uh, diagnosis or, or anything like that is, uh, but they all have like I'm the only one that I can that I know of um, that is actively diagnosed and like whatever. Like my cousins are much younger than I am. Well, I mean, they're catching up. <laughs> they're catching up quick. But um, I'm uh, I'm the oldest of uh, 14, 15 cousins. Wow. Um, my mom was one of seven. So my grandmother had seven kids, and, and she she raised them with very severe OCD, and uh, she did the best she could, and then they are good people, and they all have good jobs and good families. And I'm really proud of my cousins, and you know it's, it's really good to see to see that. But like, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm that no one has started seeing signs um, in uh, in uh, of this and. You know, even if some things have come up, it seems like everyone's gotten, gotten help and, and, and things like this grief. Like, when my, my grandmother passed away, that was really hard. That was the first big loss our family ever had. So, um, I know that, um, that everyone has a, a help, you know. And it wasn't that I didn't when I was younger. It was just that it, they had such a hard time pinpointing. Um, I actually got a second opinion to even get the bipolar one diagnosis because they're like, we're kind of in this area, but there's something that's not quite right. And I'm like, well, what else could it be? And I don't know why they didn't go towards those things. Maybe they were and they didn't want to tell me. But right. they're like, you're kind of acting like you're schizophrenic. You're kind of acting like you're bipolar. Like you're having hallucinations, perceptions. Like what is this? And when the doctor that figured it out did figure it out, like I even still go to my therapist. Oh my gosh, I probably did this last month. And I'm like, are you sure it's just OCD and it's not schizophrenia? And she's like, yes, I'm sure. Trust me, like, I'm super sure it's just that. I'm like, but how? Like, how can this little thing that just makes 
impulsive behavior make me hallucinate or make me, you know, feel like, you know, having these things, you know, how can something so seemingly benign be this? And it's like, because it's obsessive comes first, not compulsive. Right. Compulsive is a byproduct. That is the way it is believed. The obsession, that's the important word. And, you know, like, like the, the people that, that be like, like, oh, I don't have OCD. I have CDO. It has to be in the right order. And it's like, see, that's why you're wrong because then the compulsive comes first. And it's not about the compulsive. It's about the mind and the obsession and the places that we get stuck and how we unstick ourselves. And it's like, if you're unsticking the, the, the necessity to do this, this particular behavior or fear or this, that, and the other, and is your unsticking going through cognitive behavioral therapy, or is it expressing it through art, or is it, you know, what is it? And, and it'll change. Like, you'll get over one obsessive thought or compulsive behavior, and you'll just like, yes, and then you'll take one step, and there's another one sitting right there, and you're just like, Fuck. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, um, we are running low on time because it goes by really, really fast. And I talk a million miles an hour. Oh, you're fine. You shared so much and there's so much for people to take away from this and sharing your real life. And I understand when you were like, you know, knowing people, wanting to know people who have the same thing. Like you said, you're in a community and stuff. The same for me is like, I have no friends up here right now in Connecticut who have, or at least they haven't told me who have like a quote unquote severe mental health disorder where mine, that's mine's considered, I have to live with it for the rest of my life. Like it's, it's never going to go away. If I go off my mood stabilizers guaranteed, I'm going to go into a depression and hypomania state. And the problem is, is type two bipolar can turn into type one. So if it's not treated, so, you know, having people that you can talk to is so important. But as we wrap up the podcast today, Lisa, what would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with about anything we've talked about today? This is the most important thing I have to say. Um, OCD is not an adjective. Please, 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 people of the world, I love you all and I respect you. Say that you're fastidious, say that you're cleanly, that you can say you're OCD when you are organizing, when you are washing your hands. Don't be like, oh, I wish I had OCD. I could use my house to clean. Because I'm going to say, cool, I could use a night's sleep and you can take the what if I die tomorrow and think about it all night instead. While right. you're cleaning my house, which is not clean without the Right, because OCD does not mean you clean no, your house. Right. It's okay. different for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, let's try and, and make a better conversation about obsessive compulsive disorder because it is crippling, it is debilitating, and it really doesn't have anything to do with folding, but folding fitted sheets or washing your hands. So, yes, yeah, some people have those things and I happen to be extremely good at folding city sheets but that's because my stepdad was in the military not because I have OCD right and I I I just want to start a dialogue and it's like if someone confides in you that they have obsessive compulsive disorder listen listen to what they're saying try and understand and you know if it makes you uncomfortable it's just the most discomfort because I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we all kind of have to do, whether we have a just compulsive disorder or not. Right. So, yeah, definitely, you know, try and, and, and think about it. 
think about it, you know, in, in, in a real way, and I, I know that, that the language of mental health has started to change and become more easily integrated in the way that we speak in uh, the in our speech patterns, and it's like, you know, triggered and OCD and all these things, like these, these words are becoming more and more common. Um, but, and that's good. The dialogue is there, but let's not lose the meaning of the word. Like, you know, oh my right. God, that's a panic attack about that. No, if you're not sitting on the, like, a panic attack, if you have not had a panic attack, I've had one. Yeah. yeah. This depression, oh my God, I'm so depressed right now. Like, watching. Nope. No, bitch, you yeah. are not depressed right now. Exactly. <laughs> it's like watching someone you love literally like disintegrate into a pile of, I want to live, I just don't know how, is heartbreaking. And feeling that yourself is heartbreaking. So yeah. Like, yeah. Keep the dialogue open, but be aware of our language. And um, if you want to learn more about a compulsive disorder or any other of the neurodiverse types of, of things, um, I would strongly suggest Neurotribes. It's a book. Um, it's actually about autism, as I mentioned, but there's other things in there. Um, and it really goes over the entire history of, of really a lot of um, mental uh, health and, and wiring in the neurological sense. And I have learned incredibly well in that. I definitely suggest that to others. And, you know, yeah, just, just, uh, just learn what OCD is. Like, you know, just stop using it as adjectives. Like, you know, don't say, I'm so OCD. Like, I'm so clean, I'm such a, a, a new student or something. Like, it doesn't have to be this, you know. Or when I say, oh, I have a sense of compulsive disorder, like, oh, I have so easy too. No, you're not. <laughs> you right. know, it's like, like, you know, I have talked to people with a sense of compulsive disorder in person, and they're different. Like, I can tell, we can tell. We can just fight other. It's like, right. you know, other people with, you know, like a character like that. So, um, yeah, and then um, it's uh, the, the, the movie we didn't really get to talk about much, but that didn't have to do with our studio, it has to do with cancer. So if um, you or a loved one uh, has had cancer or uh, anyone you know has suffered from it, um, it is a amazing three-part movie um, about the struggle, uh, and um, it's uh, it's pretty unique. It's, it's giving giving uh, an artistic voice to something that is very hard to use words with because that pain is hard. So um, I'm glad you'll be part of that project and just kind of will be there. <laughs> My girl Jen. Um, but yeah, and thank you so much for having me. And um, you know, it's just really fun getting to talk to you and getting to know you. And uh, I would like to talk with you more instead of just talk at you at some of those points. But thank you very much for having me. And I, I hope that this is helpful to everybody out there and uh, that you all can learn a little more and be good to one another. Yeah. Right. I agree with you about not using words just flamboyantly somebody the other day said to me oh the weather's so bipolar right yeah. now and so i in a very nice way was like and so am i yeah. <laughs> and uh she was just kind of looked at me and i was like no for real i'm bipolar and she's like uh yeah, yeah. like you know and, and that's my polite way of calling people out like don't just use like you said OCD, like, oh, I'm so OCD. Um, even me, I say, I've, I've said before, I've caught myself saying it. I'm like, let me straighten that up. There are times that I have tendencies that act like OCD, but I am not OCD. And so I will not. And so I have to correct myself because it's part of the vernacular. People say it all the time. Um, and the same for like bipolar disorder. People are always like, oh, that person just so bipolar. Cause you yeah. know, they, uh, they, they, 
flipped a switch or something like that. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Um, but yes, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and chatting with me. Yeah, thank you too. This has been wonderful. And I love what you're doing and all of the amazing people that you've been gathering together and share their stories. And, you know, I, uh, I just really, really glad to be here. Again, I, I'm grateful and I hope that my, uh, my uh, wall of information <laughs> made some sense. Like I've, I've been thinking about this pretty much nonstop since I scheduled it, except that my brain's undulating. And I've been going over what I want to say. And I'm like, even with as fast as I talk, which my doctor is giving me crap for, they're like, just listen, she speaks a thousand miles an hour. I have to put periods between my words in my head, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I even feel like there's never enough time to get all the information. And I feel like sometimes listening to me talk can give you a very clear idea of what OCD is like. Because my mind is running a little faster than my, I'd say way faster than my mouth. But yeah, I do so much. Like, and it's crazy, like, and my mom's like, yes, you told me this loud, this many words a week ago, and I don't remember. I don't remember it happening. Right. So I'm right back to where I started. So, you know, this is, this is OCD, and this is my obsessive compulsive disorder in a crisis state. And I'm, I'm still, you know, uh, happy to lucky, I guess I'd say, and stuff, but that doesn't mean I won't be crying in 10 minutes over. Cool. Who knows what, or raging about who knows what, or maybe I'll go to sleep. That would be nice. So yeah, um, this is OCD and all of its realness. Like it's, it's a lot. It's heavy, but it is survivable. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.